Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we have a topic about one of our favorite game companies to discuss here in Virtual Legality. That is, of course, Tim Sweeney-led Epic Games. And in this video, their dreams of a metaverse. Before we get to that, of course, I want to mention that this channel is supported by viewers and listeners like you. You can check out Utreon or Patreon for the tiers with which you can support the channel. And if you do support the channel at one of those tiers, you can support an episode per month, as one of our longtime supporters here has done for this episode. Special thanks to Falcus Vipus. Please do check that out if you are interested. Now, on with the substance of this video. So a few days ago, Epic Games put out a press release that said the Lego Group and Epic Games team up to build a place for kids to play in the metaverse. Now we're going to go over some of the subject matter of this press release, but I want to let you know in advance that there's not a lot of substance here because this is a very early announcement of what Lego Group is doing with Epic Games. So they say the Lego Group and Epic Games today announced that they are entering a long-term partnership, whatever that might be, to shape the future of the metaverse to make it safe and fun for children and families. Now, we've talked in virtual legality in the past about how the metaverse is kind of an amorphous, ephemeral, ethereal term that tech CEOs primarily use to mean combining intellectual property in some way, but that has had its own problems because it always appears to be in some way that is controlled by my company. When a true metaverse would have a combination, it would have interactability. And Tim Sweeney, to his credit, has said those kinds of things on Twitter and on social media. But Epic has been positioning itself now for a number of years to make it the leading place for brands like a Lego to go and effectively have that metaverse concept either built for them or built in collaboration with them. This press release says the two companies will team up to build an immersive, creatively inspiring, and engaging digital experience for kids of all ages to enjoy together. They, they hope it doesn't exist yet, uh, but that's a worthwhile goal. The family-friendly digital experience will give kids access to tools that will empower them to become confident creators and deliver amazing play opportunities in a safe and positive space. Hold on to that, because that concept, I think, rubbed at least a few folks the wrong way. We'll talk about that in a minute. Then we get a comment from the CEO of the Lego Group. We believe there is huge potential for children to develop lifelong skills such as creativity, collaboration, and communication through digital experiences, but we have a responsibility to make them safe, inspiring, and beneficial for all. Then we have Tim Sweeney from Epic Games. The Lego Group has captivated the imagination of children and adults through creative play for nearly a century. And we are excited to come together to build a space in the metaverse. So here we have a description of this as a portion of the metaverse, not the whole thing. That's going to be important in a minute as well. That's fun, entertaining, and made for kids and families. As the metaverse evolves, says Epic in their press release, it is reshaping how people meet, play, work, learn, and interact in a virtual 3D world. And I can't speak for you. I think that's probably a touch early to say such things about whatever this ephemeral metaverse might be. But again, Epic is pressing for this. It's a press release from them. So it makes sense. The Lego Group and Epic Games will combine their extensive experience to ensure that this next iteration of the internet is designed from the outset with the well-being of kids in mind. And I think we all want to keep the well-being of kids in mind. However, you do see a press release here that doesn't quite match up with this concept of a space in the metaverse when the metaverse is also used interchangeably by Epic to refer to the next iteration of the internet. 
So we definitely want to have it have well-being of kids in mind, of course, uh, but like the internet itself, there have to be accommodations for adults and content that doesn't have to be aimed at kids. This is the problem that we have on YouTube or other platforms and COPPA regulations and things where we aren't conversing about an internet that does have a framework that allows for things to exist that aren't made for kids, at least not easily. Uh, so that's part of this story, of course, because Fortnite and the metaverse and fiction about the metaverse and combined internet cyber experiences and all these various things tend to go off the deep end on the opposite side of these things in terms of satire, certainly, but just in a description of what a combined internet might be. So this is an interesting combination because Lego's getting in at the front of this and saying we want a kid's space. We don't know exactly what that'll look like, but Epic Games is promising to deliver it to them. Then we have some puffery about Epic. Epic has ex expertise in building creative tools in immersive worlds that are open and accessible to players and developers everywhere. It is at the forefront of popular culture, creating experiences that connect people through gaming, music, and creative collaboration. Epic is also committed to enabling developers to create age-appropriate experiences online, and in 2020 acquired Super Awesome, a company that is pioneering technology designed to deliver safe digital entertainment with children under 16. So this is going to be, by the looks of things, Epic's kids-focused play. Now, you might think, hey, Fortnite is already that, and to some extent it is, although as a parent, I have looked at some of the inclusions of certain brands in Fortnite askance, at least a little bit. It's a little odd to have a Rick and Morty running around there, other kind of uh, violent movie characters, uh, and they're obviously done in the Fortnite style, and I don't think it's the biggest deal in the world, but it is interesting to see Epic push towards uh, a Lego kind of approach to have some portion of whatever it is that they're trying to build with the metaverse be specifically for kids. And then we get their kind of mission statement here at the end, which unfortunately continues to be just as ethereal as everything else. The Lego Group and Epic Games have agreed to three principles which will ensure the digital spaces they develop deliver engaging play opportunities safely. One, protect children's right to play, okay, by making safety and well-being a priority. I don't honestly know what that means. I assume that means that text boxes will have coverage of certain words and there'll be some kind of rules set up for communications amongst people within that metaverse and that will protect their quote-unquote right to play, I guess. Don't know. Safeguard children's privacy by putting their best interests first. Now, I didn't think that would be the end of that sentence. Safeguard children's privacy by, you know, safeguarding their privacy, keeping it confidential, etc. Putting their best interests first a little bit unclear what that kind of mission statement means from a corporate perspective. And then the third bullet here, empower children and adults with tools that give them control over their digital experience. And, and that's part of that kind of COPPA regulatory environment where you're supposed to have rights as either a parent or a child to kind of control that experience with various bits and bobs, either in the settings or requests that you can make of the company. So that's all well and good, but we don't have any idea at the end of this press release what this thing looks like. And yet, as of a couple of days ago, that didn't really prevent a number of people from speaking out against it in somewhat odd ways. Now, we actually have a deleted tweet here from the executive editor at IGN that was comparing this press release to cigarette companies using Joe Cool to get cigarettes into kids' mouths. And I said, well, that's, that's an odd thing for an editor of one of the largest gaming sites on the planet to actually say. He walked back, he deleted it. Uh, of course, but he also defended his position by saying it was essentially about Lego being used to get kids into microtransactions, right? And in that light, 
Uh, and I, I do want to allow him his defense here, right? Because he says he's deleting it because it got all Twitterified, etc. And it was not a serious tweet. Uh, and that's not really the point of this conversation because there were others besides him talking about this. But this is the suggestion that you see from all kinds of kid-oriented internet activities from certain sectors of the internet right now, right? Just a little while ago in virtual legality time, I did a response video to a People Make Games video that was essentially throwing the game company Roblox under the bus because children were allowed to make creative things in there. It was marketed to children and there were certain money-making opportunities, etc., etc. And so there appears to be a general discontent amongst gaming journalists and amongst people that are covering this industry with the notion, in my opinion, that really anything should be made for kids. Uh, and this includes what would be a Lego metaverse. You hear reference to tools, you hear reference to creation, and you see that with the tweet that was deleted talking about this being used, that, that Lego is something that everybody likes, the kids like, the families like, the parents like, being used is essentially a brand name to get kids into an environment where, as people make games, and Quentin Smith said with respect to their Roblox coverage, children are exploited. Now you can check out my video where I talk about why I think that they have some mistakes there with what they're describing happening in these economies. But the point is, is that there is a section of metaverse analysis out there that talks about these things as effectively evil. And I disagree with that, right? I go back to my tweet and I say, well, look, this is going to be the future. I don't know if it's going to be epics. I don't know if it's going to be Legos. I don't know if it's going to look like Snow Crash or anything like that. But certainly user-generated content that kids do enjoy is going to be a future of some kind. You want to see that regulated? Okay, that's fine. But the Lego group, the folks that make Lego are well within their rights. And frankly, in my opinion, very smart to say, look, let's get involved. Let's position our company in some way in that space so we can see at bare minimum if we can make an experience that doesn't exploit kids, that makes them happy, that gives them tools and creation and everything that Lego, at least as a brand, stands for. I don't have any investment in Lego. I don't know. The people that actually run Lego, they could all be great. They could all be evil. Don't know. But at least their brand goodwill goes out there and says, this is a fam family experience and they're looking to copy that into a metaverse type concept. So I think it's way too early to analyze that. But I bring this up from a few days ago, not because we have any information about what that metaverse might look like, but because we have today, after that announcement, got a much bigger announcement about two companies that I know y'all care about investing very, very heavily in Epic Games and the metaverse itself. As of this morning, Epic Games announces a $2 billion round of funding to advance the company's vision to build the metaverse and support its continued growth. You see me highlight it's there. I never like those kind of pronouns when I'm reading press releases and legal statements because I think that's referring to just growing the metaverse, could also be referring to growing Epic itself. Either way, there's a big portion of this that is framed around the metaverse concept, and it includes Sony and Lego. This round of investments from existing investors, Sony Group Corporation, as well as Kirkby, the family-owned holding an investment company behind the Lego Group, with each party investing $1 billion respectively. This is interesting press release language in and of itself, right? Just taking a sidestep. It doesn't include investments from these two if it in incorporates a billion respectively, because that's the whole $2 billion round. It's, it's it. It's comprised of investments from these two. There's no other people that you have to consider in the shadows investing in this particular round. All three companies highly value both creators and players, and aim to create new social entertainment exploring the connection between digital 
and physical worlds. Now, we certainly see the physical on the Lego side. We see the digital on the Sony side. We see Epic trying to uh, bridge that gap. And it's very, very interesting to see Sony effectively double down on this. We've seen Sony invest in Epic a bunch over the last couple of funding announcements from Epic. And we'll talk about that again in just a minute. Epic continues to have only a single class of common stock outstanding and remains controlled by its CEO and founder, Tim Sweeney. Now, control there is important. We've talked about the fact that Tim Sweeney doesn't have majority stake in Epic, that you've got Tencent invested, you've got Sony invested, you've got Lego invested, you've got institutional uh, finance firms, whether they're private equity, venture capital, what have you, that own big sections of Epic. But either through contract uh, or otherwise, Tim Sweeney maintains control, is their CEO. And frankly, as much as I might talk about them with respect to Epic versus Apple and things like that, and I've engaged with Tim on Twitter that you may have seen and that kind of thing, I think Tim Sweeney's done an excellent job of positioning Epic in a very good way, at least financially, to gather these brands that want to have some kind of investment here, but don't honestly know what they would be doing separate to a company like Epic. Then we get some quotes. We get Sony talking first as a creative entertainment company. We are thrilled to invest in Epic to deepen our relationship in the metaverse field, a space where creators and users share their time. We are also confident that Epic's expertise, including their powerful game engine, combined with Sony's technologies, will accelerate our various efforts, such as the development of new digital fan experiences in sports and our virtual production initiatives. Now, that's interesting in and of itself, right? You see the reference to metaverse, but then you have a reference to another kind of concept that is outside of video games. If you haven't been following some of what's been happening in making things, TV, movies, that kind of thing, Unreal Engine has actually been a part of science fiction television making for a little while now. You've seen it with respect to most prominently, I think, in their marketing and, and as well as Disney's The Mandalorian, which uses a space called The Volume and essentially big LED screens, I believe, uh, that play Unreal clips to establish the backgrounds for long, vast images uh, and works really, really, really well, I have to say. Uh, and so you see that virtual production initiatives, that's speaking to something like Unreal and The Volume. Digital fan experiences in sports don't have any idea what Sony is thinking there, but they're investing in a company, not just in the dreams of the metaverse. And I think that makes a lot of sense. As I said, Epic is positioning itself very, very well to be the company where folks are gathered towards it with their brand dreams of things like this. Uh, and Sony was already invested in the company, if you didn't know that uh, already, and they continue to get more and more invested. Epic Games is known for building playful and creative experiences and empowering creators large and small, says Lego, for purposes of this conversation. A proportion of our investments is focused on trends we believe will impact the future world that we and our children will live in. This investment will accelerate our engagement in the world of digital play, and we are pleased to be investing in Epic Games to support their continued growth journey, very business school there, with a long-term focus towards the future metaverse. Lego wants a foot in the door. They want to be a part of this storyline. They apparently have a billion dollars to throw at the concept, which is not a small amount of money. And so they are buying in to strategically work with Epic, right? This announcement from a few days ago doesn't happen without the context of an investment in the company, right? Behind the scenes here, Epic is private. These are strategic investors. These are not what we would call financial investors. They aren't just interested in seeing the value of Epic go up. 
In fact, for the most part, you're going to see a lot of strategic investors in a private company because they have a liquid stock. It's not easy to sell that. There's not a public exchange that they can just go and liquidate their position. So you have a company like Sony come in with a strategic desire. Hey, we want to combine our tech. We want to see cool stuff. We also want to be a favored nation when you think about whatever cool thing you're going to do next. We want to be associated with you more than, oh, I don't know, maybe a Microsoft of the video game industry or what have you. And Lego similarly wants to get its foot in the door. Obviously wants Epic to grow once it's invested in Epic uh, like that. But more importantly, at the outset, wants to be a partner, wants to be making a kid-friendly metaverse that everybody knows is Legos, but Lego doesn't have the special information training or ability to make what it dreams of in that respect. So it finds a partner. And in effect, a strategic investor is like a really, really big vendor contract where you go and you get somebody to do something for you or with you. It's just a lot more expensive. And then you're in it for the long haul with that other party. Then we have Tim Sweeney. As we reimagine the future of entertainment and play, we need partners who share our vision. We have found this in our partnership with Sony and Lego. This investment will accelerate our work to build the metaverse and create spaces where players can have fun with friends, brands can build creative and immersive experiences, and creators can build a community and thrive. The other interesting thing about an announcement like this is $2 billion is a fair chunk of money. You see here the post-money equity valuation is $31.5 billion, which means, even though $2 billion is a big chunk of money, they sold about 6% of their company. Right, you take two billion out of 31.5 billion post money, you get about six percent. That's three for Sony, three for Lego. Sony was already invested a bit and has accrued a certain amount of value. Again, these cap tables are all a little bit behind the scenes. You have to take these announcements and kind of think about where their cap might be. But Sony's bought another three percent of the company. Lego has now bought three percent of the company. And also interestingly, it shows that. Epic didn't actually have explosive growth or so over the last year. We see when they announced their last funding round of a billion dollars, which included 200 million from Sony Group, uh, their valuation post money was 28.7 billion. And post money there, if you hear that in a legal context or a financial context, means after the money has come in. And so that money is valued as part of the new value of the company. So before that money comes in, that company would have been worth $27.7 billion. When it gets a billion dollars, well, it now has a billion dollars more in assets. It, in effect, it has a billion dollars in cash in its bank account that it didn't have before all this. So now its post money is 28.7. And if you look at this, if it's 31.5 billion before 2 billion comes in, obviously we could do the math. It's 29.5 billion as pre-money valuation before that money comes in, which means it actually grew only about 3% over the course of the year, which is what you would expect as a relatively flat valuation for a company over a year of time, especially in this environment, inflation and everything else. So Epic was relatively flat between these two rounds. They came in at roughly the same cost. And now they're worth, according to that valuation, about $31.5 billion. And again, they are a private corporation, so they're worth whatever the market is willing to pay for. Obviously, these two companies were worth $2 billion for 6%, which gives you that $31.5 billion number. But it's also an interesting time for these kinds of investments, right? You see Epic really going gung-ho about the metaverse. In fact, you saw Epic bring up the metaverse as an argument for why Apple shouldn't be allowed to do what it does or why Google and Android shouldn't be allowed to do what they do. And we saw the judge in that particular case effectively say, that's not my problem. Your, your business model doesn't make what somebody else is doing that thwarts that business model illegal. So good luck with your metaverse, but that doesn't get you across the finish line uh, in this important respect. But at the same time, 
the metaverse is under a bit of fire, right? Famously, Facebook changed its name to Meta to reference Mark Zuckerberg's push to take Facebook into a metaverse company. And they've had us all sorts of amounts of trouble uh, since then. They've got stock price issues. They've got activist investors that are actually coming after them pretty hard, right? You've got Arjuna Capital here that says, in a major victory for investors, the Securities and Exchange Commission has ruled that the meta-parent company of Facebook and Instagram must give investors an opportunity to consider and vote on a shareholder proposal that questions meta's social license to operate an emerging technology like the metaverse without full understanding of the potential risks and negative impacts. In fact, it's a resolution that they would propose to the shareholders probably in May of this year that says... We want the board of directors to commission a report from an outside party of the potential psychological and civil and human rights harms to users that may be caused by the use and abuse of the platform and whether harms can be mitigated or avoided or are unavoidable risks inherent in the technology. Now, if that actually gets voted up by the shareholders of Meta and a report comes out that says something along the lines of the metaverse conceptually has unavoidable risks for abuse and civil and human rights harms, well, that's gonna to continue to move things in a specific direction. Now, we're many steps away from that, but you see a general kind of friction with shareholders and investment and this kind of thing, which is why, as I've said now a number of times in this video, Epic is actually positioned very well. Epic is a private company. Epic is basically only taking strategic investment and investment from existing institutional shareholders, as best I can tell from these press releases that have come out. And these are parties that want to explore these things without the SEC, without kind of big, broad public ownership of the company that can do this kind of thing. Now, that doesn't mean that the shareholders couldn't act if they decided that everything was wrong over at Epic, but they didn't put their money in because they think that's what's happening right now. It's very interesting kind of moment in time for Web 3.0 and the metaverse and NFTs and cryptocurrency and everything else because you've got a lot of negative reactions because a lot of folks are getting defrauded, are having issues with these kinds of things. And right now, the tech companies are so far from an actual cognizable product that they can share with somebody that says, this is what we're talking about. This is where we think you will have some satisfaction. And of course, we will make some money and it's just not happening right now. Now, it's also worth noting that Epic Games isn't just a metaverse company, isn't even just a Fortnite company. And all of this, $2 billion of investment, Sony getting involved even more, Lego getting involved, Meta having its own difficulties with, despite having a giant corporation, actually getting investors on board with what they do. And of course, that's because Epic Games is also one of the biggest engine licensors in video gaming. And they just recently released to the public Unreal Engine 5. And with that release, they've actually already got tons and tons and tons of video game partners on board. Now, I tend to be a fan of Unreal Engine. I think that a lot of these game companies should ditch certain aspects of what they try to build in-house, but they're trying to avoid percentage license fees. That's an understandable business position, but unfortunately, when you get somebody like a Square Enix building their own engine, things get to tend to get slowed down. And when they use Unreal Engine, those things tend to get a little bit faster. And as a gamer, I tend to like those games coming out a little bit faster. And I don't have to pay the 5%, so it's easy for me to say. But the point is, is that when you talk about these things, when you look at these kinds of things, Epic 
has multiple revenue streams, is fighting on multiple fronts. And as much as I don't like how they handled Epic versus Apple, I don't like how they handled their contract terms with those companies. And instead of just suing for what they wanted to sue for, breached those contracts intentionally. And I personally would have concerns with investing in a CEO and a management group that decides to do those things when they think it is convenient for them. Not notwithstanding, they clearly deliver a good product. They clearly support that product in a way that a lot of video game developers and more like. And now taking that money from Sony, taking that money from Lego, taking that money from Fortnite and from the other revenues that they generate across the company to try to get that first mover advantage and to prove the business concept of whatever the metaverse might be, if it's going to succeed at all, I'd be willing to bet that it's going to come from Epic at this point in time. I think they are figuring things out with Fortnite. I think they're figuring things out uh, with how to gather brands. And there's going to be a ton of brands, if this thing works at all, that are going to be looking for some specialist to actually make their presence in this metaverse known. Epic has positioned itself as the best party to do that, regardless of my 60 videos in an antitrust epic. So... At the end of all this, I think this is actually a big moment in the metaverse, in Epic Games, in video games, what interactive entertainment is going to be, whether you want to call the metaverse a video game or not, it's going to have some video game concepts. And so I think it is well worth paying attention to because it's not going to go away, regardless of what you might think uh, at, at IGN or other games outlets. This is going to be with us in some real way. So the job is to find out how that can be done well in a way that can provide satisfaction and utility to consumers and, of course, make the companies that are providing it enough profit, enough revenue to make it worth their while to provide that service to us. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you do enjoy this content, if you like talking about business, law, technology, video games, pop culture, and more, please consider supporting the channel. We cannot do it without support from viewers and listeners like you. We've got that Utreon link. We've got a Patreon link. And I want to thank Falkus Vipus again for using those links to support the channel. And if you don't like any of those, just subscribing, telling your friends, upvoting, downvoting, leaving content, otherwise engaging with YouTube to let the algorithm know we're here, every little bit helps. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.